Listen all month as ReachMD XM157 explores The Great Debate, a special series discussing the future of public health policy in America. Efforts to change our health care system are often attempted at a microeconomic level, at a particular institution, or for a particular disease. The Institute for Healthcare Improvement is one organization working to institute change at a broader level. Many may be familiar with their 100,000 Lives campaign. Another program they recently developed is called Triple Aim. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment on healthcare policy. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. John Whittington. Dr. Whittington is the lead faculty for the Institute for Healthcare Improvement's Triple AIM project. He has worked on numerous other IHI projects related to patient safety, inpatient mortality reduction, and engaging physicians in quality. Formerly, he was the Medical Director of Knowledge Management and Patient Safety Officer at the Order of St. Francis Healthcare System, and he has been for many years in practice as a family physician. Welcome, Dr. Whittington. Thanks a lot, Mark. Really appreciate being here. Today we are discussing your current IHI project, Triple AIM. Dr. Whittington, to begin with, what is the IHI and when was it started? Well, first of all, the IHI represents the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, and it's an organization that started, I believe, in the early 90s. I've been with it in some form or other since about 2001, but it started in the early 90s. Uh, Dr. Don Berwick was its founder and still is the CEO of the organization, and it's an organization I think many of our listeners will be familiar with, but it has focused on really improving the healthcare system, if you will, and components of it. And a lot of its focus, to be truthful, has been on the inpatient side, working on improving safety and quality in the inpatient side. Some of our listeners may have been involved with or are involved with the two large campaigns that we've had. The first campaign was titled uh, Working on 100,000 Lives or Saving 100,000 Lives, and it focused on some key change ideas dealing with medication safety, surgical safety, etc. And the goal was to improve or save 100,000 lives during an 18-month campaign. What initiated its development? I think that came from the many years of work that the IHI had done on various smaller safety initiatives or smaller quality improvement initiatives. Through the years, the IHI would maybe work with a collection of hospitals, 12, 50 hospitals, in a collaborative manner, and they might have worked on medication safety or they might have worked on surgical safety, and they would have had made some progress during this time they might have been able to significantly decrease their adverse medication events or surgical safety events. And so from a number of years of just working on this and making some progress, the organization decided, though, that although there was progress being made at individual organizational levels, they wanted to push it to a much bigger campaign issue and so really to try to engage all of the U.S. in that work. And so in the 100,000 Lives campaign, they actually were able to achieve approximately, I think, 85% of all hospital beds, i.e. hospitals, were actually involved in that campaign. Is this a government-run program? No. The IHI is a not-for-profit organization. It's based in Cambridge, Massachusetts, but it's kind of a virtual organization in that um, you have a core group in Cambridge, but then you have individuals like myself throughout the United States and the world who are pulled into various projects or work with them on various work. Are there other organizations similarly in other countries? 
the IHI does work internationally. Secondly, the IHI also works with other organizations within other countries that are sort of similar. So in the United Kingdom, there's an organization called the Health Foundation, and the IHI has worked with them on improving patient safety within England, and we're going to do some work with another similar organization in Scotland. Are there other organizations within the United States that are working with IHI? Oh, sure. I mean, on the campaigns, when we worked on these large campaigns, many of the major medical specialties have been involved. Cardiology specialties have been involved. The CDC has been involved. Some of our work would focus on infection control or improving hospital-acquired infections. Partly, if you thought about the IHI, I mean, one of its main focuses is to try to act as a catalyst for change within the United States. And so it really works hard to try to partner with organizations when it can. If you have just joined us, you are listening to a special segment on health care policy. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, professor of surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Whittington, the lead faculty for the Institute of Healthcare Improvement's Triple AIM project. Today we are discussing the Institute for Healthcare Improvement's Triple AIM initiative. Dr. Whittington, what is the Triple AIM initiative? The Triple AIM is work that we're doing focused on three aims, and the three aims are, number one, improving the health of the population, number two, improving the health care experience of individuals, and number three, managing the per capita cost of health care. It's a focus of optimizing all three, if you will. It's not focused on any one of these particular characteristics, but focusing on all three. And how do you deal with each one, if you could take them separately, please? Well, first of all, fundamentally underneath this work of working on the three aims, is you have to have an organization or an entity that is interested in this. And we use a term for that. It's real simple. We just call that the integrator. So somebody's got to wake up. Some organization, some entity has got to wake up each day and say, this triple aim makes sense to us. Meaning a hospital would be an integrator? It could be. But to be honest, mostly for a single hospital, it doesn't really make good sense for them. Why is that? Focus in the hospital is normally focused on healthcare experience, hopefully, improving the quality of care that renders in that that in the hospital, we seldom think about the health of the population. We're trying to provide services to the population, but we don't consider the health of the population. And we typically, in a hospital situation, we're never focused on the per capita cost. We might be focused on our own internal cost ourselves and how we can might drive those down. But we're not thinking about the per capita cost that goes on within a community. We think about the cost within our walls, but we don't focus on the per capita cost. Then who are the integrators? Well, you know, the integrators then would be an organization that has these types of things in mind. So, you know, in a practical sense, what would an organization look like that would typically have this in mind? First of all, they'd have to be thinking about the health of the population. So New York City Health and Hospital Network, it's a large organization, takes care of about one in seven New Yorkers, uh, has a base of about 1.2 million patients, has a multitude of hospitals, has a variety of uh, income sources. Well, they would be interested in the triple aim. The state of Vermont has a thing called uh, the Vermont Blueprint, where they're trying to improve the whole health of the state. They would be interested in the triple aim. We have a couple organizations that are interested in the triple aim, and they're the health care systems that are working on it. There's one up in Wisconsin called Bell and Healthcare. They're moving from focusing on just health care to moving to producing health for a population. Why did you choose these specific components for the triple aim? We've seen a lot of emphasis in the United States and throughout the world on healthcare experience, improving safety issues, improving quality issues. So we've seen a lot of work done on that. 
But first of all, if we think about per capita costs, per capita costs in all societies are continuing to rise, and it continues to be a bigger part of the economic burden for any society. So that is the same in the United States, where about 16% of our GDP is spent on health care today. So we know that that in itself is a big factor that's pushing us along. Yes. And then, you know, the obvious one is, fine, we could have the world's greatest health care experience, but that does not necessarily translate to the best health of a population. But how do you define experience? Uh, when you say uh, patient experience, what, what do you mean by that? A very good question. When we think healthcare experience, we're thinking beyond just service level experience. You know, were they friendly? Did I get the service I wanted? We're also thinking about the typical items in healthcare experience, such as was it safe care? Was it effective care? Did I get the right quality care that I needed? So we think of that information as part of the healthcare experience. Those are a great number of factors involved to discuss. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> to do all this is a, is a major undertaking for an organization. Well, in what you just spoke about, how do you evaluate all those different aspects of the patient experience? If you want to just focus on the healthcare experience, I mean, as far as safety goes, I mean, there's several ways you could focus on that one. I mean, you could obviously focus on measuring risk-adjusted mortality within your hospitals. That's one aspect. You can focus on measuring adverse events in the hospital. Your specialty yourself is surgery. You could look at adverse events associated with, with surgical patients. All of those are mechanisms that you can use to actually measure the healthcare experience in the hospital. A lot of the CMS measures that we have these days that look at whether we're giving the beta blockers, whether we're giving the aspirin, those are quality measures. They're a measure, and, and every measurement set is inadequate. Nothing is perfect out there, but those are reasonable quality measures that you can look at. And how do you integrate uh, per capita cost within this framework? Well, the per capita cost then is you look at the bigger picture, and I want to step out to the bigger picture then for a moment and come back. So the question you asked was, why do we choose then the three? And, and the health of the population, I mean, if we all ask ourselves, what are we trying to do with health care? Fundamentally, we're trying to improve the health of the population. It turns out that when you look at certain pieces of literature, they would indicate, though, that maybe only 10 to 25% of our health really comes from health care. What do you mean by that, Dr. Whittington? Well, in terms of, if you think about what are the contributors to the health, just to go this way, what are the contributors to longer life? In other words, if we wanted to live longer life, what makes a difference? Is it just pure health care that makes a difference? If we have great access to health care, will that make our life longer? In part, that might be. But then it's, you know, socioeconomic, our education, our habits and behaviors. All of these are contributors to our longevity, if you will, the health of the population. If you looked at something like infant mortality, you'd see the same kind of factors that are social contributing factors. So healthcare itself is only one player among many players that contribute to the health of the population. But if you actually thought about it, in fact, in one article I'd seen in the New England Journal back in September, it was an article about could we do better, and, and it actually had it in a diagram about the factors that contribute to health. And I think I'll just say that the behavioral factors contributed, they estimated, to about 40% of health. But if you think about the budget in the United States for public health, it's only about 3% of the total spend that we do in the United States. Yet what we're saying here is that the behaviors are actually maybe contribute up to 40% to our health. So do we have it wrong? Let's ask the question. Do we have it wrong in terms of how much we're spending? Okay, well, now let's circle into the per capita question which then comes into the issue of how are we spending our resources. First of all, health care is around $2 trillion a year in the United States. I said about 16% of the GDP. And the question is, fine, should health care actually be that much of a nation's resource? That's 
a question for society to answer. And then when we look at how we actually spend the money within that pool of healthcare, are we getting the most that we could out of that money? Are we spending it in the right ways? And many people argue, no, that we're not spending it in the right ways these days. There are other ways we should be considering. I want to thank Dr. John Whittington, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the Institute for Healthcare Improvement's Triple AIM Initiative. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan-Hill, and you have been listening to a special segment on healthcare policy on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Be sure to check out our website at www.reachmd.com, which now features on-demand podcasts of our entire library. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening to ReachMD XM157 and The Great Debate, a month-long special series and discussion on the future of public health policy in America.